So welcome to Don't Look Now, the podcast with your hosts, Jenny McDonald and Will Hageman coming to you today, this Tuesday, as every Tuesday with our little stories of interest, um, tales of the weird, tales of history, tales of randomness. I don't know. Um, as always, Jenny is the keeper of the secret topic today, which isn't secret to anybody listening to this podcast because you can see a title, but I've got no idea what we're about to talk about. So... Give me some hints here, Jenny. What, what's what's the topic today? It's spooky season, so it's got to be something spooky. Yep. All right. Spookiness. Mm-hmm. Check. <laughs> Celtic. And spooky. Celtic spookiness. Um, Kelpies. I'm sorry, what now? Kelpies? No, but I do love a good Kelpie story. Um, other Celtic creepy things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. You were on the right track with Kelpies, though. Um, other other Irish creatures. I mean, you got you got the leprechauns, but you know, leprechauns are fantastic. They're not super creepy. They don't seem creepy enough. Yes, unless Um, you're talking about the movie Leprechaun, in um, which case it was terrible. Jennifer (laughs) Aniston was flawless. Um, how about the banshee? Banshees. That's nice. right, good sir. Cool. Irish Grim Reapers, right? Nice, yes. All right. So, a banshee is generally described as a wailing woman or a singing woman and almost always heralds death in Irish mythology. So, in the 1950s was when we saw the first like movies of the Banshees and the stories hitting the silver screen, if you will. But okay. the spirit of this particular story um, had been going on for centuries in Ireland. So like this had been propagating quite a while, right? Yeah. So much like the Grim Reaper, Banshees believed to be an escort to the land of the dead. But it's worse than that. <laughs> as everything with irish and it's worse yes, than that exactly it's mm. you know we're not open on a tuesday so today we're going to talk about kind of the history what it is um some stories and then some what it could be okay okay yep so the deeply rooted in celtic mythology it generally appears as a woman whose mournful songs shriek and terrible shrieks signal death. So that's what makes it so terrifying is the sound of this banshee is horrific, right? Yeah. So historians have traced the first stories of a banshee to the eighth century, which were based on a tradition where women sang a sorrowful song to lament someone's death. Um, They were known as keeners. So Mm -hmm. they were like paid mourners and they accepted alcohol as payment. There you go. I mean, right? These are my yeah. kind of ladies. Except we'll for, for booze. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They worked for booze. They cried for a living. All of this sounds like a really great, great way to live your life. It also sounds Irish as hell. But yeah. It does, right? <laughs> <laughs> However, 
not so great for them is that these women were doomed to be considered sinners. And then they were cursed by the very people that were paying them. And their curse turned them into banshees. Hmm. Seems logical, right? So according to the mythology of the banshee, if you see a banshee, she'll disappear into a cloud of mist and her disappearing, that sound that is created is similar mm-hmm. to that of a bird flapping its wings. And huh. the legend says that they don't cause the death. They're just the like signal for it. Hmm. So instead of carrying a scythe like the Grim Reaper and appearing only to the doomed themselves, the Banshee is sometimes said to carry a comb, like a hair comb, which okay. not really sure why. Huh. And like I said, they would wail as a warning for the entire family to know that somebody in the family is about to die. Now, I'd like to point out that I read probably 40 different articles about this, and yeah. every single one of them is the exact same article at the end of the day, <laughs> unless you're getting into the supernatural fandom or D&D. Yeah. I'm trying not to get into either of those two things. However, at some point, I'm sure that this story got convoluted enough to include all of these things. Nice. Now that reminds me, I'm finally watching Supernatural because, you know, I never did see it when it was on. So, oh, what do you think? Do you like this? It's been entertaining. I I find I'm on season four now. So, you know, I, I generally, I always enjoyed that kind of thing. Like I always enjoyed more the, the creature episodes and stuff from the X-Files. So, yeah. Like everything on the X Files except the aliens. The aliens were annoying, but like the rest of it was fun. So, so I, I found that with Supernatural, it's like I like the creature episodes. I am very tired of the brothers arguing constantly. It's like okay, I would just like some episodes where they just go hunt stuff, and it's not, you know, I hate you because yada 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 going on constantly. So, yeah, the first few seasons. I enjoyed the first like two the most out of the yeah. whole series. And then as it goes on, like you said, I liked the creature hunts. Yep. It's kind of like paranormal investigators. And then yeah. it turns into bitchy brothers for a while. Yeah. And then it turns into let's fight Jesus. Yeah. I've just basically the angels just kicked in this season. So it gets worse. All right. Interesting. I gave up after so long because I was like, I don't, I don't need to know anything else about this. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so we'll we'll see where I, I i crap out but so far so far it's still an entertaining thing to catch an episode every once in a while so i think it probably would have been better if i hadn't binged a bunch of it at once yeah so it's sad because it's a lot like every show that you get interested in the first few seasons you're like mm-hmm. oh this show has promise and then all of a sudden you're like oh and either by season five, they've hit their stride and they hit a really good storyline or they've yeah. just gone to hell in a handbasket and keep going for 20 more seasons. Yeah. So, yep. no, sorry to everybody that loves Supernatural. I'm not a fan. Yep, yep. But I was just going to say, I have not seen a Banshee episode yet. So there we go. Yeah. There is a Banshee episode, I think, coming up for you probably. Right. Cool. So yeah, keep an eye out. At any rate, back to the Banshees, right? Yep. <laughs> Um, So according to the Irish folklore, a banshee, um, which if you see it in Gaelic, looks like it says Bean Sidhi. Huh. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, And it translates literally to woman of fairyland. And she admits an ear splitting cry. 
This fairy allegedly warns of the coming doom and is an omen of death. And there's a bunch of different ideas about what she looks like. And it goes through different things. So sometimes she's headless. Sometimes she's old. Sometimes she's young. If she has a head, she generally has long hair. And the hair could be silver, red, white, or gray. So Hmm. all those things. Um, Usually she's wearing a dress that is either silver, green, black, or white. Um, So sometimes she gets the white woman stories confused with banshees. Sometimes not. Yeah. Um, So sometimes, like I said, she was headless, but then when she's not headless, she might have a shroud or a veil or a cloak that covers the face. If she is headless, she'll carry a bowl of blood, but is naked, but only from the waist up. Huh. Which, that's weird, right? <laughs> Just like our beheaded boobs, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Right? Beheaded yep. and just, I don't, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can't even do the my eyes are up here thing. They're not. No, right? Like, I'm yep. like, it just, it, that, that would be very alarming actually to see in person probably. Uh, if she does have a head, usually she has red glowing eyes. Um, like I said, sometimes she's old, sometimes she's young, sometimes she's an, a washerwoman that's washing blood out of clothes in a river. Hmm. Sometimes she's an old lady. Um, a lot of stories are, though, that she's the ghost of a young girl that suffered a brutal death. And so her spirit remains to warn family members when another brutal death is imminent. Okay. Like now, I said, the washer. I was just going to say the washerwoman at the river thing is straight out of, you know, I guess they took that for, uh, Oh brother, where art thou with the the sirens? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The story of the sirens, which some people would say are also banshees. So there you go. They're ocean banshees. Um, the banshee appears as an, when she's an old woman with rotted teeth and long fingernails, which is gross. Um, (laughs) And she wears rags and has blood red eyes that are so filled with hate that if you look directly into them, that's when you die. That's but not good. other stories will tell you that she's not the cause of the death. It's a very confusing story that gets twisted is what I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, the one thing that most stories will agree upon is that if she does have a head, the mouth is open and that's when she's screeching that piercing scream. Yeah. It's said that each family has its own banshee. So the descriptions that vary is due to that. And I'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. So despite the fact that the description of the banshee can be kind of terrifying and the overall like concept is scary, banshees themselves aren't considered vengeful or hateful. Yeah. Um, so in, like I said, in some families, they're actually kind of beautiful and they had these songs that were filled with love and concern for their families. Um, and then there's like the really angry, pissed off banshees that were like terrifying, but those tend to be more common in popular culture and okay. in movies than they yeah. are in like historical. Yeah. Depictions. That makes sense. Right. I mean, it's the same way that the grim reaper in most things isn't actually bad. Right. They're just they're doing their job. They're pretty neutral in most things, actually. Yeah. Yep. Um, so like the 
the scary side of it makes for the scary spirit. And instead of celebrating death, you're super mourning it. Um, and in, especially like in movies, it's because they hate the person, not because they love them. Whereas in like the folklore, it's because they love their family so much that they're here to wail for them. Okay. So in the evil banshees stories, mm-hmm. um, evil banshees cause death by screaming so much that the person goes insane or commits suicide. Um, but they don't necessarily cause it. They just drive the person to the point of insanity. Okay. Which if they're screaming at you to the point that you caught, you commit suicide, that seems a little, seems pretty causal (laughs) Does to me, but maybe not. (laughs) Maybe I'm wrong. Firsthand written accounts of the Banshee go back to 1380, according to the Irish post. Um, And sometimes they're referenced in Norman literature. In the Middle Ages, the idea of the Banshee was widely accepted in Ireland. They believed the Banshee would watch over the entire family until all of them died. Hmm. And like I said, the idea was initially, though, that they only watched over the main Irish families. So the O'Neills, the O'Connors, the O'Briens, the O'Grady's, and the Kavanaugh's. And what's really fascinating is that someone has created a family tree so that you can see when they have intertwined and discombobulated and then mixed in new. Mm -hmm. The idea was there were just the top five families. And then as they spread out, they each got a Banshee as they moved on. Yeah. And the Banshee got a little bit pissed off as they moved on as well. So human Banshee supposedly started appearing after the firsthand accounts from the main Irishes. In 1437, a seer went to King James I of Scotland and predicted his murder because he had seen a banshee. Um, another famous alleged encounter was recorded in the memoirs of Lady Fanshawe in 1649. She and her husband were visiting a friend when she was awoken in the night by a piercing cry. At her window, she reportedly saw a pale, red-haired Irish woman wearing a white wearing white and leaning towards the window who called out a hone, a hone, a hone, or in ancient Irish, a con, maybe, I don't know. I don't know ancient Irish, yeah. um, which also means alas, and is used to show great despair. And they found out later that their friend's cousin, who was also staying there with them had died in their sleep. Now at this point in the story, if you are not actively thinking of the movie high spirits, I hurt for you. I have not seen that. What? Stop it. I have actually not even heard of that. What is that? Stop it. This is Steve Gutenberg's finest. It's got <laughs> Liam Neeson in it. It's got something. Jennifer Tilly in it. It's got Peter Gallagher in it. Something it has, better than Police um, Academy? What are, you, what are you talking about? Peter O'Toole is in it. Yeah, nice. All right. So we have to stop here because this is one of my all-time five. So mm-hmm. it goes Beetlejuice. Oh, no. It goes Clue. Beetlejuice, High Spirits. I think you can see it on YouTube. You used to be able to. High Spirits, though. It's the story of a married couple who goes to Ireland to stay in this rickety old castle. The castle is owned by Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole can see his family's spirits, and he cannot afford the castle. So the married couple shows up, and the castle is like a hotel, right? They go to stay there, and then it's revealed that the wife is the daughter of a rich man who wants to buy the castle. But the people that run the castle hotel decide that they're going to prove that it has ghosts so they can get more tourists so that they can afford to keep the castle. (laughs) But they don't have ghosts that they can show people. 
So they are the ghosts and it's bad and it pisses off the actual ghosts and all hell breaks loose. And it's amazing. <laughs> nice. <sighs> no, I, I somehow missed this in pop culture blind spot. Yeah. I think it's a 1989 movie. I mean, it's old huh. and it's amazingly bad. Like <laughs> this, but it's so good. It's so bad, but it's so good. There's a scene where someone is a banshee and it's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Anywho, any hoot. Oh God, I can't believe I've been seeing this movie. Well, it's breaking my heart right now. <laughs> we'll have to have to fix that sometime soon. Right? I know, right? We're I'm about given to the come. season. I'm sure we can, we can dredge it up. So I was going to say, I'm about to come to your house and figure out how we're going to watch it one night. As I'm sitting there with a bottle of wine, yelling things at the TV. <laughs> That's right, Jennifer Tilly. You do that, girlfriend. Anyhow, I have to stop. In 1801, the commander-in-chief of the British forces in Ireland allegedly received a visit from a banshee after attending a party. Once back home, his guest's wife and maid reported hearing sounds coming from outside the window. They said they heard the name Rossmore yelled three times. That's his name, by the way. I don't know why I didn't tell you that earlier. The next morning, of course, they found out that he died the same time everyone heard his name yelled. Nice. Other stories highlight the experience of soldiers who thought they heard the Banshees wail before they begin the battle. And they're so terrified of their possible deaths that they actually just abandon the battle altogether. Um, But then, of course, like when they run off and are fleeing, they're often actually killed by their enemies because... (laughs) Or by their own armies due to the mm-hmm. desertion. So, like, doesn't no self fulfilling prophecy, right? Um, even in the late 1940s, there were um, sightings of the banshee in Ireland, according to the Derry Post. So, an example is there's a tale of an older gentleman who's near death's door, which already I think <laughs> we know where this is going. Um, but he gets a knock on his door. And when a young woman answered, she heard a moaning sound and then repeated, reportedly saw an older woman dressed in white crying. And that man died later that night. That might be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Once again, he's already <laughs> old. In another tale, an old man who had been suffering from what he thought was a toothache. So he saw a white sheet and his wife thought later it would be his own death shroud. His son allegedly saw an old woman moaning. Although the man went to a doctor, he was beyond help and died. So. Bummer. Yeah. So let's say you suspect that there is a banshee going to find you. Yeah. You think that she's been all around the outside of your house because you've been hearing the piercing screech, the wailing. What do you do to prove that there's a banshee in your yard? I don't know. Well, it's suggested that the easiest way to tell if it's a banshee is to wait until it gets dark and then put a caged rat in your front yard. (laughs) All righty. Do you have any idea why? Um, let's see. The caged rat will die. It's like a canary. I don't know. Because nine times out of 10, the banshee is actually a barn owl. That's going to come and kill the rat. Okay. There we go. Yeah. 
So this beautiful animal, mm-hmm. I have one of these in my yard and I can confirm. It sounds like someone's screaming in the middle of the night. Yeah. So um, barn owls, beautiful flurry of white makes a noise when they disappear in a hurry. Um, probably have been one of the sources of a banshee myth. Um, yeah, they look super creepy when flying too so at night. Cause yeah, they do. They do. And if like you're seeing them, they, there's a white mist. They flutter away really quickly, like a mist. Mm-hmm. Um, it would explain why I don't see their, the head sometimes. Um, and they're primarily night animals and they use their, entire face to funnel the waves next to their eyes um so yeah they just they look real weird and they would be kind of terrifying if light hits their eyes they do look red yep um yeah so these beautiful little animals it's possible that what people were hearing though are them hunting in the night because they do screech like crazy yep um and they've got this bright white underbelly. So that would make why a lot of people see white and see them. Um, but on the backside, of course, they're darker sometimes. So it does make this weird optical illusion in moonlight that it looks like someone's standing there and then they disappear in a mist or a flash. Mm-hmm. Um, their feathers are also highly adapted for a silent flight. So they have these extremely fine fringes that reduce turbulence and therefore noise. And they're completely packed with velvety soft feathers that absorb all the sound other than what's coming out of their caw. Um, And they have these intensely curved wings that lift them quickly and quietly so that they don't scare off prey. And they totally stalk the night in total silence until they screech and scare the hell out of you in the middle of the night. So maybe that's one potential for what we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe it. There's one other thing that it could be. What do you think it might be? Fox. Damn straight, sir. Good job. Just yeah, I've heard foxes and they are terrifying. Yeah. I actually almost ran a fox over this morning. Scared the hell out of me. <laughs> Six o'clock in the morning to see something go run barreling across the road. Oh well. Thought for sure I was dead this time. Uh at any rate. The scream of a red fox specifically, which is what can be found in this area, is one of the most terrifying things you can hear. It's a lot like coyotes when they're chippering at you or a yep. Yeah. Yep. I had I had the coyote experience for sure, as told in previous podcasts. But right. But yeah, I can only imagine if you're walking through the woods and you heard, you know, a fox scream. I mean, it's 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 blood curdling. So it is. And I live in an area where there's also a lot of, I live in Snow White's village, I swear to God. Um, So I get a lot of fox noises at night and it does sound like someone's screaming in the night as well. Um, Specifically red foxes, you generally hear them in winter months. Um, And the question is why specifically in the winter months? So Colin Enos, who is a zoology researcher at Trinity College in Dublin, um, says that these are mating calls. And that the screeching high-pitched noise is generally a territorial a territorial call by male foxes. And if it's from a female fox, it's mating. 
Um, so the calls begin around mating season, which begins in December and lasts until February. So especially in Ireland, it's super damn dark because they're yeah. up real high. So it would have already been dark for a couple months, about maybe have one or two hours of daylight, right? Yeah. And this is likely where the legend of the Banshee started um, with animals, not specifically foxes, but maybe um, because when foxes screech late at night, people would try to identify what was making the sound and they would associate it with a screaming woman. And this zoologist says that the screams can cut you to the bone because they are so sharp and sound so human-like. And the difference between the screams of a male and a female fox is the pitch of the scream. So male foxes are the ones that make the banshee scream specifically, which is the most similar to a woman shrieking. And females make these shorter, more shrill shrieks to attract the males. Um, And they're a signifier that they're in heat. The question is, is there anything else? So I don't know if you know, in Ireland, they have gigantic gosh darn rabbits. I've heard of them, but I've not seen them. Yeah. Yeah. They're the size of dogs, like probably the size of my dog. I saw one Mm -hmm. from the airplane that I thought was like a deer or something. It was massive. (laughs) Their hairs are huge. So the other thing is that it could be a a rabbit being killed or a hare being killed by a critter in the night. Yeah. I've heard they scream. So yeah. Yes. I would like it if less animals scream and sound like humans, that would be great. <laughs> like really nice. Cause it's just creepy. So whether it's real or imagined, the stories of the Banshee play on basically the most basic fears of humanity and the security and love of your loved ones. Yeah. So here's how to know if you are a banshee. No. (laughs) Your primary mode of communication involves howling, cackling, and keening (laughs) and shrieking. You do love to shriek. You're inordinately proud of your hair, taking a lot of time to brush and arrange it in a pattern. You tend to leave things after you, like shit behind you. Your wardrobe is mostly gray and black. I'm starting to feel attacked here. Because <laughs> this just sounds like someone with ADHD so far. <laughs> <laughs> You've been known to sit and wail at people after a few wines. Yes, I do mean bottles of wine. And your eye makeup slowly inches down your face to give you this demented look. You cry at everything because it's cathartic. Mm-hmm. You like to keep on top of your laundry. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) People always seem to be surprised when you get dressed up um, because your day-to-day appearance is called hag-like. You're always cold, but mysteriously so. Your singing voice is best described as the blood-curdling yowl of a hell demon. Will does that define you? (laughs) But the word shrill fills you with eye-popping rage because you are not shrill. You're just an assertive woman with a horrifyingly piercing screech. You have something of a sixth sense. You often take... No, I don't even know what I wrote there. You still can't understand why anyone would think you're scary. You're nice. People just have to get to know you. Oh, but you also can tell when people are going to die. So that's your rabbit hole. 
Nice. I don't know. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on the Banshee there, Will? Yeah, no, I I, I fully subscribe to the, the Alan Fox theory that, you know, especially yeah. the barn owls, because they have that face disc that really looks like a face, especially like at night. I could totally see where you'd think it was a pale woman's face or something. And Right. And especially if it like got close to you unexpectedly and then mm-hmm. just turns on you and disappears. I, I totally yep. could get that. Yep. No, I mean, I, I, I would get it. That seems to make sense to me anyway, but, but it's always that, you know, any, anything where it's like, if you hear this sound, you know, you're going to die thing is nice and creepy. So, yeah. I am kind of sad though, that we no longer pay people to grieve for us. I think that's a genius way to handle yeah. grief. And yeah, truly just... why not give them alcohol to do it because it's going to depress their system and make them cry better. And you got to keep them liquid so that they can keep crying. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I yeah, I was just looking up Keening like not all that long ago because I, I think I was I went down some rabbit hole and was looking up Dolores O'Riordan and the Cranberries and people talking about how some of the style of singing was related to Keening and then looked up Keening and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of interesting. But isn't there also a Keening in like Scandinavian culture where they keen to the cows? I that sounds right, but I don't know. I want to say that there is a lady on YouTube that keens to cows, but I can't remember. And she's, it's beautiful and haunting. I want to say, yes, it's, oh, it's cooning. Okay. So it's not keening, it's cooning. Um, But if ever you want to hear the most beautiful, haunting, terrifying sound ever, it's this woman singing to her cows in Scandinavian music, basically. And there's several different videos of her on YouTube, and it's absolutely beautiful. And they've got the scenery, and it's foggy, and hmm. it's beautiful. Totally cool. recommend. Nice. So now you have to look up cooning and high spirits. High spirits. Yep. All right. Cool. I am hurt that you have never seen High Spirits. I have not. It's it's missing from my repertoire. So I'll check it out. Yeah, you'll have to. So that's the story. All right. Well, cool. Thank you. And uh, as always, thank you everybody for listening this week. You know, as always, rate, subscribe, and review. You know, tell your friends about our podcast and check us out next week for a new story. Well, catch y'all later. Bye. Bye, folks.